What's up, guys, and welcome to Don't Therapatize Me. This is the very first episode of this podcast. We're really excited to bring it to you. What we're going to do is we are going to talk about relationships. We are. Why are we going to talk about relationships? Because relationships are fun. Relationships are fun. As long as what? As long as you are happy and you want to be. That's the key. So let's start off by telling you a little bit about ourselves. My name is Kyle. My name is Lindsay. And what's the reason why we started this podcast, Lindsay? Because we have a great relationship, agree on, and we thought it would be fun to do a podcast. I thought it would be fun to do a podcast, and I drug you along as I do with these harebrained ideas that I have, (laughs) but you actually thought this one was a good one, and so here we are. I did think that it was a good one. What makes us qualified to talk about this um because we are in a relationship a a good relationship been together over 10 years now going strong and is that the only thing that qualifies us i was there and i'm also a marriage and family therapist so i know a little bit about relationships i got a degree in it and a professional i on the other hand am not qualified to talk to you about relationships (laughs) by any means my only experience in relationships is really really terrible ones and It just so happens that I hit the relationship lottery and found my loving wife, Lindsay, who is beautiful and wonderful, and I want to choke her sometimes, but I don't. (laughs) Well, let's be realistic, because while, yes, I am all those things, um, we're genuinely happy, and we've been together a long time, not as long as a lot of couples, but we've been together a long time, I think for a couple our age, and we're doing really well. And we we love talking about relationships, so we feel like we had some some feedback we could give or some light we could shed on certain topics. And it helps that I'm a marriage and family therapist, so I I feel like I I bring the I bring the over encompassing knowledge to it, maybe as far as how relationships function. Yeah, I can see what I can see that. Yeah. So why don't you tell them how this whole idea came about? Um, fun story. The pandemic happened, and we started carpooling because it was cheaper. Uh, to ride together after we had some job stuff, financial things happen. Um, we love listening to podcasts. And one day I was like, we should do this. We should do a podcast. And Kyle was like, do a podcast about what? And I was like, we could do one about relationships. Because Kyle and I have had lots of t- conversations about our relationship. And, and we feel like it's reason why it's so great is because we talk about our relationship a lot. Um, so we felt like it would be a fun topic. Thanks. So just to tell you guys a little bit about me. Uh, I am not a therapist by any means. Uh, I am what most people would describe as a man's man, I suppose. (laughs) I have a glorious beard. I am not a small fellow. And I am also a heavy equipment mechanic. So Mm -hmm. if there's anybody out there that says I'm not just going to listen to these two clowns tell me how to live my life and conduct my relationship, just know that... At least one of us comes from a background that doesn't involve <laughs> mental health. But I think it's also important to note we're not gonna we're not here to tell you how to live your life. We're here Facts. to discuss our thoughts about relationships and certain factors that come into relationships because it's more than just being with someone. So it's our thoughts about it, our feedback, what we've experienced, what we've seen, and yeah, talking about it. So what's gonna make this thing really fun is our plan is to Try to bring in as many people as we can, different couples in, in different types of relationships, uh, you know, to share their feedback with you and, and talk about what, what their relationship is like and how their relationships work for you. Because, you know, it as I think everybody knows, there's there's 
thousands of different types and, and, you know, formats, if you will, of, of relationships and everything, you know, something that works for one people, you know, doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And I think that we all know that. And uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun to dive into some of those relationships and hear why people do what they do. And, uh, you know, maybe we can all walk away with a better understanding and, and uh, open up our heads a little bit and try to see what, what ticks for other people. And why things work, why things don't work. Um, but I, I feel like you, we, we not feel like I, we have a very traditional relationship. We're, um, a couple, we have a child. We will speak on her, speak on her, I'm sure. Um, but that's not the only type we of relationship. We have a terrorist that lives with us. <laughs> we have a terrorist that bosses us around. That's, any, that's three feet tall. If anybody from the government is listening, we are harboring and abating a terrorist. She is two <laughs> years a old. It's abetting, not abating. <laughs> what did I say? You said abating or abetting. Well, that's what it is. No. Whatever, continue. We have a terrorist that lives with us. Facts. <laughs> if you saw our house, you would understand. <laughs> a little three-foot terrorist that runs around, screaming usually. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but there's so many different types of relationships out there um, that are completely different than the traditional, you know, man, woman, child. Um, that's, so yeah, so we want to bring people on that have more experience because I know in, in my line of work, I do see a lot of different types of relationships, but that doesn't mean at all that I'm an expert. So we want to bring people on that, that are experts in their type of relationship because you are the expert of your own relationship. That's true. So why don't you tell them a little bit about our relationship? I know that we mentioned that we have been together for 10 years. Um, but, uh, you know, let's, let's give, uh, give them a little bit of a background on us. Uh, you know, being, this is the first episode, we'll go ahead and get all of our stuff out of the way and that way we can talk about other people for for the rest of the, you know, however long this thing works out. Right. So, yeah, we've been together 10 years, um, been living together, cohabitating for that long. I like to say that, you know, we started dating, Kyle came over one day and just never left. So, I did too. <laughs> that was 10 years ago. Um, we've been married for seven of those years, so we've been docu- doc- documented married. You sure didn't have a problem leaving. <laughs> well, that's another story for, for a day, another day. Um, but yeah, so we've been together 10 years, um, and we're happy. And I think that's the most important thing, is that we're genuinely happy. We genuinely are each other's best friend. And I know people say, oh, you know, my partner's my best friend. We, we truly are. Yes, we have outside friendships that we value, but... Kyle is my best friend. I'm his best friend. And we're happy. We're happy together. We really enjoy doing life together. And when problems arise, we deal with it. I mean, no, it's not It's not perfect. Everybody, people living with someone else is, is difficult. And you have to make accommodations and adjustments. So when we, those things come up, we accommodate and adjust like you do in a relationship. Um, so yeah, we, and we've often talked about, you know, we've had friends who are couples and we've seen couples like, like us, who we agree are very, very happy. And then we've seen couples who we think maybe aren't so happy. Um, so, and we talk about the differences in that. So that's what we would like to talk about. You know, what, what works, what doesn't work. So how would you say that you being a therapist uh, plays into our relationship? Um, well, the name of this podcast is Don't Therapatize Me. So why don't you, <laughs> why don't you give your perception of how you feel like it plays in? Because you're always trying to therapatize me and, and I tell you to stop. <laughs> when Kyle says therapatize, which is not a word. Um, it is a word. It's because I am a very, I don't know, because part of me wants to say I'm a very analytical person, but I feel like you're probably more analytical. I'm definitely the more emotional of us two. Um, I'm just smarter. Oh, oh, okay. Shots fired. 
Um, I mean, I have two. But... Uh, okay. And <laughs> I just I just went to training the other day. I got my <laughs> certificate on the refrigerator. Okay. Okay. Regardless. Um, because I've studied relationships, because that's what I do, it helps me see things from a different lens, so to speak. And I feel like, for me, it's helpful because... I can kind of step back when we're having a disagreement. I can kind of step back and understand more than just what we're fighting about. And, it, that, and that it's very rarely, the problem is not what we're actually fighting about. Um, so I feel like that's helpful, but I also feel like that's frustrating. I, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like I see how that could be frustrating for you. Um, because you are very analytical and very straightforward. and you. It's frustrating for me because I feel like you spend more time trying to analyze the conversation that we're having as opposed to listening to what I'm saying. Oh, okay. So okay. I, I think that uh, I think that that's what I what I get aggravated about. And I think that a lot of men would agree that the uh, biggest thing that we get teed off about, if you will, is <laughs> that we feel like you, you don't listen. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's more of a woman thing to say is that you don't listen. Not you, but... And, of course, we are speaking in traditional men and women relationships, so we, we don't know what it would be like for... Facts. Um, Always, historically speaking... We definitely want to want to emphasize that, that we are we are speaking about our relationship, and obviously not anyone else's relationship, but, you know, like I said, we just wanted to give everybody a, a background on, you know, who we are and let you guys get an idea about us, and, you know, that way you know who's speaking. Mm-hmm. But I think... It also goes into like our personality types. I am very much a de-escalator, I feel like. So when there are disagreements, my goal is to de-escalate. And I think that sometimes can, it comes across as me not validating what you're saying. Because I'm trying to de-escalate while you're trying to explain yourself. That's true. And it's also important to note, like, we came from very different backgrounds. I mean, as far as fam- like family styles. Um, That's very true. We came from different styles of communicating. I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty much raised the same, but we came from different styles of communication, um, which I'm sure we can get into a whole lot more on another another topic. But where, and what we've said before, I came from a family of silent treatment when you're angry. You come from a family of let's scream and yell and get it out and then it's over with. And it took a long time for me to adjust to that because <laughs> in the beginning stages of our relationship, we would have an argument that I felt like was horrific we were, we were done. This was the end of our relationship. And you felt like we were a discussion. I mean, I feel like <laughs> you should have picked up on that the very first time you ever went on vacation with my family. <laughs> I probably should have. But I was also highly under the influence because I had the flu. And Kyle's wonderful father, not not being sarcastic, Kyle has an amazing, amazing set of parents, um, bought me an economy-sized bag of cough drops. And I ate pretty much the whole, the whole bag on, <laughs> on the way to... Never in my life have I seen one... <laughs> someone actually be drunk on cough drops so warning please you know read the read those labels folks only eat one cough drop per hour as as prescribed (laughs) okay but so I, i know we got off topic there but that's so i feel like me being a therapist you know it i feel like not that it's helpful i think it's just i might be more equipped with knowledge about communication styles than maybe the average person who's not a a therapist would be that's true i can see that yeah. I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Well, that gives you guys a little bit of a background on us, and we don't want to spend too much time talking about ourselves, because um, that's not what this is about. We're, we're not trying to, we're not by any means trying to convince everybody that we have a perfect relationship and everybody's relationship should be like ours. That we do. <laughs> I think that we have a, a, a very, very good relationship, but 
at the same time, not everybody's relationship should be like ours by any means, right. because what works for us mm-hmm. absolutely may not work for other people. You know, mm-hmm. uh, everybody um, has different backgrounds, different upbringings. Uh, you know, you've got a different wants and needs. Yeah. Facts. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, everybody, uh, everybody's different, you know, I mean, you know, every, everybody ticks a different way, uh, you know, different things make people different, you know, make different people happy and, uh, things that we like to do, other people don't like to do. And, you know, we just happen to mesh up and find each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's taken a lot of adjustment and a lot of growing. And, um, I think both of us have had to change, uh, in certain ways in order to adapt to our relationship, but mm-hmm. just the, uh, the overall connection that we have, I think, makes it uh, pretty easy for us to, to change and adapt. And, you know, here we are 10 years later and we... The sleepover that won't end. Pretty much. <laughs> it's pretty much what it's turned into. Yeah. Except now we have an uninvited guest who also won't leave. True. Like, it just bosses us around a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Having, a, having an infant is legitimately like having a drunk roommate. That doesn't that pay any bills. Doesn't pay any bills. Doesn't clean up after herself. Just, occasionally. Just comes the house every day. Yeah. Occasionally comes home drunk and, you know, uses the bathroom all over herself. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, a wonderful, wonderful, life-changing experience mm-hmm. that we wouldn't change for anything in the world. She's a great kid. She's, yeah, she's, she's, she super, she's super cool, but she, yeah, to... Those terrible twos, that's, that's, that's real life. <laughs> we are de- deep in the throes of terrible twos right now. <laughs> Moving on, guys. I think uh, our topic for this episode, uh, we decided that it would be really important to talk about therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, being this is a relationship podcast, uh, we might dabble a little bit into regular mental health therapy uh, for the individual, but you know, we're going to try to stick to couples therapy and uh, let Lindsay give you a background on therapy and, and you know, what you can, uh, what you can expect out of therapy because, you know, her being a therapist uh, definitely has opened my eyes and changed the way that, you know, that I personally have ever perceived therapy. Um, I've always been the, the type that, you know, had no interest at all in going to anybody and talking to them about my problems or what I had going on. And, uh, probably still to this day, if I would have never met her, uh, probably would still feel the same way. And I think that a lot of people out there do feel that way. And, and there's definitely a stigma attached to therapy. And, um, I yeah. think we're getting there. Like as a society, it, as I mean, it, as far as our country goes, I can't speak for the world. Um, because in some in some places it's it's completely normal. It's like going to the dentist. Um, but as far as America goes, where we live, we're getting there. Where where it's more acceptable to receive, receive treatment for mental health. That's true. And so, not even just when there's a you know horrible disaster like a like a shooting or something. You know, it's it's just in general it's becoming more acceptable to. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, people are are it it's completely changed our lives probably forever. Um, so I feel like that's also helped in saying like, you know, it's okay that none of us are really doing well right now. Um, No, I don't think so at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think that, uh, you know, our lives have pretty much continued on about as normal as they could possibly be. Yeah, I mean, Um, we never went anywhere to begin with. So the fact that, the fact that a lot of things were closed, (laughs) it didn't didn't affect us too much because we already had a child at that point. We had her right before the pandemic hit. And, uh, you know, you and I both were 
considered, I guess, what, what they were. We were essential, so yeah, we didn't. Yeah, they were calling essential. Uh, I don't know exactly Yeah, like, I know we had we were, to keep, but, I know we're getting off topic, but, like, I had to keep, I know I did, had to keep a letter in my car in case I got pulled over saying that I was an essential worker and that I was going to work because there was yeah. there were lockdowns. But anyway, off topic. <laughs> but, you know, all in all, I guess because of us being quote-unquote essential. Our lives um, didn't change much. We just added a mask. That's true. And, and, um, and social distancing. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of continued on, you know, getting up mm-hmm. and going to work every day. So, you know, we can't mm-hmm. really speak for, for those those of you that, that didn't get the opportunity to get up and go to work every day. And, you know, you were stuck at the house for, mm-hmm. you know, months on end. And being bored, being stressed. You know, some of you lost your jobs because of the pandemic. Um, I can't imagine how stressful that must have been. Or oh, probably absolutely. still is. I'm sure you're probably still re- still recovering from that. Absolutely. We're right. trying to recover and from the holidays. And we, you know, like, <laughs> I can't imagine recovering from being, you know, walking to work one day and saying, you know, we don't, we don't have a place for you anymore. Yeah, my, I mean, my hours got cut. And, mm-hmm. you know, that... You know that alone was was devastating to us financially because uh, you know we're we're a middle class family. We don't have much. Uh, you know we, we I say middle on, class more yeah. lower middle class. I, no, mean, I, think, I think we're middle class. But uh, you know we don't drive brand new vehicles. You know we um, we don't. You know we're happy and we're fed. And we've got food. We've got a roof over our head. But you know we're still uh, we're still the the paycheck to paycheck kind of family. And uh, you know when you depend on overtime and that overtime gets cut you know it was uh it was pretty devastating and we had to make a lot of changes and so i couldn't possibly imagine what it would be like to be in a situation where you just completely lose your job uh but that being said uh i think that i think that it has brought a lot more acceptance of of mental health to the surface because i think a lot of people that normally wouldn't have any kind of issues or problems because they have their routine that they go through every single day when that that routine was you know suddenly um, disrupted and then you throw on top of that financial problems and you know you've got couples that are forced to be stuck inside the mm-hmm. house with each other, you know, for months on end yeah. without being able to go anywhere, or, you know, have your, your own space. Um, I think that, you know, that it created a lot of problems for a lot of people that, that normally were there mentally, they were perfectly healthy relationship wise. They were perfectly healthy and all of a sudden your world gets turned upside down. And um, I, and, and I'd like to say that, that maybe, if there is a silver lining that that it has, you know, kind of opened our eyes to to the fact that anybody is susceptible to, mm-hmm. um, you know, any sort of troubling, you know, whether it be mental health or 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 anything that you know that a therapist could help with. So, I think it's important you said you know people who were uh, who otherwise were mentally healthy, or you didn't say mentally healthy. That's not the word used, but you said healthy as far as mental health goes. Um, I do want to point out that it's you know mental health. It's more of a spectrum, almost. Maybe spectrum's not the right word. But it's not that you either are or you aren't. Um, just for, for, for listeners' sake. Um, it ebbs and flows. At any given time, I mean, the most common reason people seek therapy or mental health treatment is anxiety. That's the number one reason people, people seek it. Even before the pandemic, that was the number one reason. Um, and at any given time, 
I think like one in three Americans would meet the diagnostic criteria for major depressive disorder. So it's, it's, it, we know that it's widespread. Everybody deals with it. And it's also, maybe a pendulum is the better word, not a spectrum, it's a pendulum. We go through, we go through times where we are perfectly fine. We're not struggling. And then times where we do struggle, um, all of us, you know, as humans. So, you know, the, I, I think, I think we're opening our eyes to that more so that if someone does, if someone does seek treatment, it's not so much of something's wrong with me as a, as more of it's I'm struggling right now, which are two very different things. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a, that's a very astute observation. So tell us this. All right. Uh, let's get back on the, on the topic of, of relationships and, and relationship therapy. If, uh, let's say that myself and my pretend significant other mm-hmm. are coming to you uh we've you know we've got some some relationship problems uh you know nothing major mm-hmm. just kind of feel like we need to you know just polish up some things maybe work on communication mm-hmm. um what can we expect uh the process to be like mm-hmm. uh from making first contact all the way up and 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 through our our first uh mm-hmm. session um well, first of all, I do what I do want to say that's my favorite type of couple <laughs> that comes when they just want to brush up on some things. Unfortunately, in my experience, when couples are coming to counseling, it's kind of like this is the last last ditch effort to save our marriage. Um, we'll, we'll talk on we'll talk more on that later. I don't want to get too sidetracked. We'll get into that. Um, but yeah, so that's my favorite type of couple, <laughs> the ones that are that are coming for that reason because that that's very that's very intuitive of your relationship that you're that you're able to say we're having some difficulties. We right. Um, so that being said. Obviously, every clinician, every agency is different, but in general, what you can expect, you know, you call, you make an appointment, they typically, they being the, the therapist, will do an initial session that usually takes a lot longer than all the other sessions. Um, they get history, background, how long has this been going on, what's going on, what do you want to see happening? Um, that's not like what the first session would look like. Um, and then going through the process, there may be times where... I don't know. Some some clinicians are very strict where they will only see you as a couple. Some clinicians will split you up and say, "Okay, I'm going to see you one day, see you one day, see you guys together." It, so, but it's also up to the to the the client as well. You know, if you say we definitely want to do this, but we don't want to do it together at first, that's you know, it's the, the clinician. A good clinician, I won't say good. Um, I mean, but the right clinician will work with what works for you. And if and if you guys don't work together, or if you don't agree. Find another clinician. That doesn't mean they're bad. That just means you guys aren't jiving. And therapy is a service, just like anything else. You know, if you're not satisfied with it, if you're unhappy with the services, you go somewhere else. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of what it would look like. I believe in setting goals. I want to know where to, where do we want to be? One of my favorite questions is how will you know when you don't need therapy? And we work to get to get there. Is a therapist going to tell me things that I may not want? Probably. So if a therapist tells me something that I don't want to hear, does that mean that, that the therapist and I are not getting along and I should find a new therapist? No, but it also, let's also define the therapist telling you something. Um, I don't see, in my experience with my school of thought, so to speak, because there's lots of different types of therapists. There's marriage and family therapists. There's licensed professional counselors. Um, where I work in Florida, there's licensed mental health counselors. There's social workers. There's lots of different types of therapists. We're all therapists. The big difference is how were we taught to approach problems? Um, So in my experience as a mental health therapist, the way I was taught to approach problems, I'm never going to tell you that you're wrong. 
I'm going to say, I'm going to look at how you perceive the world and why you perceive it that way. Not ask you why, but I'm going to try to see how the relationships in your life have shaped how you see the world. So when I say something that says, when I say something that someone may not want to hear, it may be because it's painful. It may be because it's not something they were ready to accept. It may be because it's something that they didn't think about. It's not that I'm saying you're wrong, which I think is what a lot of the fear comes from, from couples therapy, where therapy has a stigma. Couples therapy has a whole other stigma to it as this is someone that's going to agree with my partner and tell me that I'm wrong and I'm a horrible partner. And that's not the case that if, if you go to therapy and the therapist tells you that, that is not, that is not someone that you probably are going to job well, of course with. It is. The woman, <laughs> they always agree with the woman. Uh, <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I mean, I can tell you exactly how therapy works. Uh, Says the guy who's never been to therapy. <laughs> so you know, you walk in the door. Uh, they tell you to sit down. Uh, they're probably playing some kind of, uh, you know, middle European uh, music, uh, soothing yet somewhat kind of questionable. Uh, Where do you get this information really from? Great lighting. Uh, there's not going to be great lighting in there. They want to keep it kind of dark. Uh, set the mood. Uh, occasionally there may be candles. Um, you're going to walk in. Uh, you're going to lie down on the couch. Uh, well, let me back up. The, your partner is going to lie down on the couch uh, <laughs> because they're the ones that need to be there. You don't need to be there. I can't keep the couch uh, in my office. Going... I'm not mature enough for that. I would take naps every day. <laughs> <laughs> so... Is that accurate? That is completely not accurate. So you heard it here, folks. It is accurate. Uh, that <laughs> is what's going to happen. No. So a, a, I, will, I will say this. A good clinician, a good couples clinician. It, first of all, it needs to be somebody who works with couples. Don't go to your your regular... If you already have a therapist, that, that's great. However, if you are looking to pursue long-term couples counseling, don't go to that therapist. Unless they work with couples also. Um I can see where I would have some reservations. Like, Kyle, if you were already seeking therapy services and you said, like, there's nothing wrong with your partner coming to your to your therapy. That That's a good thing. But as far as if we were having issues where you decided to go to couples therapy, I don't know that I personally would want to go to someone that you already had an established relationship with. Um, therapists are trained not to have bias. But I think even as a therapist, me personally, I still would kind of worry about are they going to take your side because they know more about you or do, are they going to trust you more and trust what you're saying is truth because they know more about you? I mean, it's human nature. As much as you try to take the human element out of things, I mean, yeah. sometimes it's, you know, you can, you can take the human out of the element, but you can't take the element out of the human, <laughs> as they say. Do they, do they say that? Yep. That's, a, that's um, a saying. So, but no, um, go to somebody. That's what they specialize in. Um, I tell people all the time, I don't, spe- if I don't specialize in a certain treatment issue, I'm going to refer you somewhere else because it's not fair to you. It's not fair for you to come sit in my office and me talk to you about these things that I don't have the right training for. It's like, I think I used the example the other day, you know, I'm not going to go to a foot doctor if I have a heart problem, you know, go to a couples therapist, go to somebody who maybe they don't only strictly work with couples, but go to somebody who works with couples and is trained to work with couples. So is, is, so you would say that it's perfectly acceptable. Like if you are already seeing, you know, a, 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 a therapist mm-hmm. regularly. Uh, is it perfectly acceptable to ask that therapist to suggest someone? Absolutely. Um, and I mean, mm-hmm. you know, should you expect them to be if offended that you don't want to come to them for your couples therapy? Mm-hmm. 
No, absolutely not. Um, I actually, when I was in private practice, I had a therapist that wouldn't see clients individually. They would refer out. Like, they would see you as a couple, um, but then they would refer out um, for individual. Or vice versa. They would see you individually, but they would refer out as a couple. So you absolutely shouldn't be afraid to ask them to to suggest somebody. Yeah, you should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I know that that could definitely be a, you know, an issue where, you know, mm -hmm. somebody might think that, I can, you know, I don't want to ask this person to, to send me somewhere else because, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, so. absolutely not. You should always. Um, and if, if, I mean, I'm very much someone because I'm non-confrontational in <laughs> most of my life. And I tend to beat around the bush as opposed to ripping off the Band-Aid. Um, <laughs> I would probably would, me personally would say something like, you know, or should we come to you or should you recommend someone else? Like, I would probably offer that as a solution. <laughs> um and, but maybe you're okay with it. Maybe you're okay with it and your partner's okay with it. Just ask. Ask your ask your therapist if you're already in services, what should we do? Should we come to you? Would you rather refer us out? Just ask. You know, ask the therapist. Is, if the therapist is offended, that's not a good therapist. I feel like I can confidently say that. If your therapist is offended by anything you have said about your own therapy, your own experience, then that's not, you know, that's not a good clinician. So when in a relationship... Uh, and we're, we're going to reel this back into just relationships, but mm-hmm. in a relationship, when is the time that you need to, that, that I, the, a, 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 as a couple, when, when mm-hmm. should you decide that, that we need to go to therapy? Um, I'm going to say you can go anytime. Times when you should go are probably, if not before you cohabitate, live together, at the very minimum go before, which It's scary. You know, it's kind of like a prenup. Like, why are we planning for problems? But think of it as a much cheaper version of it. Um, There's curriculums that that clinicians use because when you're, let's let's talk about, let's say you decide to go or that, you know, some, if you choose a certain type of wedding, like you're being married by a religious person, like a religious, not person, but you know what I mean? Like, like a, like a priest, a minister, you're, you're getting, you're having a, a religious style wedding. A lot of those clergy people will require that you do couples counseling first. Um, and it can be kind of awkward because at that stage, you're happy, you're in love, you're planning a wedding. We don't, we don't have any problems. We're great. Um, but a therapist will work with you and talk about, okay, but let's talk about when the honeymoon's over. <laughs> let's talk about when you get back home and you're living your life. Because as humans, we said earlier, it's hard, to, it's hard to live with another human, um, until you grow together and you, you grow, you know, to, to work on those things. So Absolutely. I feel like couples counseling should be a requirement to get married. I feel like you should have to apply for your marriage license, show proof that you've attended minimum three sessions of couples counseling, premarital counseling before you can get marriage license. And the therapist should have to sign off saying that mm-hmm. I agree that these people should get no, married. No, 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 no. I won't I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> but the therapist should sign off saying they, they have come and that they, they, they've attended their session. Mm-hmm. So I would never, I would never give a recommendation. Of- so would you say that um, let's say that we've been together for 10 years mm-hmm. and for the last eight years, uh, it's been nothing but just fussing and arguing and fighting, I, you know, more or less every day we, we mm-hmm. fuss and argue and we fight about something every single day. Is that when we should decide to go to therapy? Um, absolutely. I, I'm not gonna say that's the time. But that is one of the times. You should go to therapy when you realize there is a problem that you have not been able to solve on your own. As, as a couple, not individually. As a couple, when you've not been able to solve it on your own, go to therapy. And go see a counselor. How How is a counselor going to handle that? Um, they're going to ask the questions I asked at the beginning. What, you know, what brought you here? 
How long has this been a problem? When do you feel like things changed? They're going to gather information about what's going on and try to help you to work together to find a solution by changing communication styles, by homework assignments. Like there's so much that goes into examining your own relationship to, to solve a problem. Is there ever a time where you feel like it's too late to go to therapy? Um, I would say, and let me try to be careful with my words. I would say as a therapist, it's too late if this is the, if A, this is the last ditch effort and B, one of the partners has already checked out emotion. At that point, because you can't be in a relationship by yourself, you can drag, just like you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can drag your partner to counseling. That doesn't mean you can make that partner want to stay in this. And therapy's not going to make someone want to stay in their room. So. At that point, yes. It's, it's So if you're, if you're interesting, if you're interested in a relationship actually succeeding, um, and of course this, you know, like we said before, this isn't speaking for every relationship out there. I, I you know, even though we are literally sitting here talking about going to therapy for prime example, mm-hmm. you know, Lindsay and I uh, we've never been to couples therapy together. Mm-hmm. Uh, things just happen to, they just work out for us. Well, that well I will say there's been times where I feel like we probably could, should have, but, but we made it through it, but I'm not saying we shouldn't have gone. There's been times where we've considered That's it. That's true. I agree with that. We, there's been times where we've, we've considered it. And there's times I can look back over our relationship, not any time in the last probably five years since we've been married. But there were times where we probably could have and should have gone to therapy. That's true. It probably it probably would have would have expedited some of the growing that, yeah. that we did in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we have you know we we've we've climbed mountains and made it over the peak, but not everybody can necessarily do that. And and mm-hmm. not, and it wasn't easy. It's not yeah. not saying that we just easily made it through all of these Definitely problems. Not. Um, <laughs> you know, were... we we just happened to I, we just happened to have the sort of bond yeah. uh, that allowed us to make it through those problems. And not everybody necessarily has that, but that's not to say that that it's not a phenomenal relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you just need a guide to get you through that canyon or or get you you know through that that mountain. I like that you said guide. Because what I what I love to say, what I was taught as a clinician, as a therapist, the therapist is an expert of therapy, but not of you or your relationship. A therapist is a guide. Um, like I said, I will never tell someone that you should get married, that you should not get married, that you should get divorced, you should not get divorced. Well, that will, I will never say that. I will help guide you to the decision that would make you that. That's, that's very beautiful. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about... Uh, what are some options uh, as far as as therapy goes? What um, do you you know? Do you have to go and sit down in an office somewhere with somebody? Do you you know? Should you should you try to find a big, um, well to do uh, company that that does therapy and uh, just take a shot in the dark, call them and tell them that you know, hey, I, I you know my significant other and I need to see a therapist, uh, whoever the first available is. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you, how do you find a therapist? How do you decide who you want to go see if you, if you don't have any suggestions or, or you don't trust any suggestions that, that you've been given? Um, let's say that we're starting blank. We have nothing to go off of. Do you just Google therapy and call the first one that pops up? (laughs) Uh, how, how should somebody go about finding a therapist and at least having a good chance of that therapist being the right one for them on their, their first try? Um, do your research. It it, it depends on your comfort level. If you're 
no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say just call the first one. Um, do your research. There's, you can start with Google. Google couples therapist, marriage therapist, therapy, Google something. Um, there's websites whose names I won't mention because they don't sign our checks yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's websites that will rank therapists that have been reviewed by um, their their clients. Not, you know, it's anonymous because HIPAA is a thing. But you, where people have been reviewed, or yeah, reviewed, um, the therapist explains what their specialties are, what how they how they view therapy, how they want to how they want to welcome you to sessions. Do your research. Um, go through your insurance provider. If you don't want to get on Google and get the list of a hundred different clinicians, you know, five miles from you. It's not the case with us because where we live, but in some places that is the case where there's you know thirty clinicians every block. Um, start with your research. See, I'm mean, sorry. Start with your insurance. See who's covered. You know, do do your research and then see based on what you find out. Um, who might fit you the best. And a lot of, I don't know of a single clinician who won't do like a 15 minute free consultation over the phone to get a sense of what your needs are, what you're expecting, and if it matches what the therapist can provide. So let's say that we find somebody, we get an appointment, um, we go in and it's, it, it just sucks. Like it, mm-hmm. it's. Why does it, it suck? I need an example. Um, let's say that we, you know, the feel uncomfortable. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're, don't feel like this is the kind of person that... So it's not that the therapy sucks, because therapy's not fun. Nobody goes into therapy laughing, hardly. No, you so just So it's not the therapy, just it's just don't... not a good environment. You don't have right. a good experience. Right, like, you just don't feel like... You don't feel like this is... You, you don't hit it off with the therapist, and you don't feel like mm-hmm. this is the kind of the kind of person that, that you would be able to disclose, you know, mm-hmm. information with and, and, and actually be able to talk to and it, and it be productive. Uh, how... What should we do then? Um, you should find another therapist. So, I, truly. Like, you should. You should find another therapist. Try again. So, how would you break up with that therapist? Um, you could. You could be. You could say. Say, you know, I don't. I don't. And there's there's ways to do everything. Ghost them. You, you could ghost them. Um, if you're comfortable having that conversation with them, you can say to them, you know, I feel like this isn't really what, what we were wanting. Um, thank you. Um, but I think we're going to look somewhere else. Um, the reason that's helpful is because... Because what because of the risk that comes along with treating someone for mental health, um, a therapist is required to follow up with. You. Don't respond. We're not gonna we're not gonna call and text you over and over again. But let's say let's say you're completely unhappy. Definitely not coming back. But you don't want to hurt my feelings. So you schedule another session, knowing you're not coming to it. But you schedule another session, and you mean to call later and just cancel it. Say, oh, you know, we'll call back when we have our schedule better. But you don't. You forget. You miss the appointment with. Intentionally, but you missed the appointment. I am required to follow up with you and make sure you're okay. I'm gonna call at least, at least I'm gonna call at least one time. Try to leave a message. Say, hey, this is this is you know Lindsay. We had a session scheduled. I didn't I didn't hear from you. Wanted to make sure things are good and see if you want to reschedule. At that point, if I don't hear back from you a week later, I'm gonna send you a letter and say hi again. Sorry we missed each other. Um, if I don't hear from you within a, within a week, I will close your case. Thank you for your services. If or thank you for your for your service, if you decide you want to come back, here's how to reach me. But I'm required to follow up. That way, if something has happened, I have done my due diligence in making sure that you're okay, that you've got the resources that you need, that you're that you're good to continue. That's probably a good thing because if you called me twice, I'm with that block button. <laughs> See, and that's okay. Um, but yeah, so or you could just say, you know, th- okay, thanks. This this has been really good. We'll be in touch. I mean, you can simple as that. I would hope. I'm not gonna say it will happen. But I would hope. That a clinician, a seasoned clinician, would would agree with you if the session didn't go well. You see what I mean? Like, yeah, and would kind sense. of expect that this didn't, this wasn't good. Let's try for something else. Yeah, 
And guys, I'm not going to say that's guaranteed, but I would hope that, that, that someone who deals with people would also get the vibe this, this, that we're not going to go around. <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was something, but we're, we're, this, this is all we needed out of this. Yeah, you're going you're gonna, to uh, go in for the kiss and get the head turned. <laughs> right. Landed on the cheek. <laughs> right. And guys, you know, just coming from somebody, I know that this is, uh, this is something that Lindsay would, would never, never, ever say. But try not, try not to just not show up for your appointments. Um, you know, I, I... That's money. That's, you know... I'm sorry, I, I have a habit of cutting, of cutting people off. That's <laughs> character flaw. Um, a lot of offices do institute no-show policies now where they will charge you at least half of the session cost. And I know that it it makes it very, very difficult uh, when... Just call, say something came up. You can lie. Just say something came up. <laughs> we don't know if you're lying. Just call. Something came up. I need to cancel. Or just say I need to cancel. You don't have to give a reason. I need to cancel. Because I, I know she typically keeps like a pretty full schedule. And um, it, it, and, and I think that's the, that goes the same with, you know, any therapist is, mm-hmm. you know, you keep a pretty, uh, a pretty full schedule. You've got people on a waiting list, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get in. And if you don't show, you, you, you know, you, you just, you, you're kind of taken away from somebody else that actually could receive yeah. you know receive some help and yeah. and accidents um, happen things come up yeah, um, i mean i was on the way to work one day and had a car accident you know i had to cancel my sessions right. things happen um but if at all possible either don't schedule say i'll call you when i'm ready to schedule which is not lying you will call when you're ready to schedule that time maybe never but you will call when you're ready to schedule or just call and say hey like we can't make it Right. Don't know showing people. That goes for therapists, doctors, anybody that's expecting your time. We're getting off topic. Anybody that's expecting your time, don't, don't know show on them. <laughs> that's just rude. What are the different options that we have the in Modalities of therapy? Yes. Um, so there's old-fashioned go to somebody's office. There is telehealth, uh, which I guess that's just the two options, either in person or through telehealth. Um, there's, and where I work also, there's an option of like mixed telehealth where the person's in an office, but I'm remotely. Um, because some people want therapy. They don't want to do it from their home. Um, they're okay not seeing somebody face to face, but they don't want to, they don't want to do therapy from their home, like on a computer because there's other people there. Um, so that's an option. So yeah, you, can, you can go, it, it, if, if the company, the agency, whatever offers that, yeah. Um, you could be at one location and the therapist is somewhere else, or you can go to their office. You can be sitting in your house on a computer using, you know, um, uh, some kind of face, face chatting thing and. Now we're name companies, but like you, you know, you know what I mean. You can, guys, so, you know what I mean. You can, you can about, use some sort of service to do a video call. What about some of these, uh, some of these other, uh, like online mm-hmm. services and everything? Mm-hmm. How, I mean, how do those work? What, what's the, you know, from a therapist standpoint, mm-hmm. how, how does, how does that work? What do you think about it? Is it? Yeah. So I've done, um, as a clinician, I've done some of the online ones, and it works. So the one that I, I did, the client had a choice of scheduling a session, either um, a phone session, a video session, or a live chat session. Um, They could schedule one of those three, or they could do just like texting. Um, The difference with the texting is that the the therapist may not respond right away. Um, If you schedule a live chat, then yes, they obviously, they're right there. They're typing as you're typing. But if you're just sending a message, which you have the ability to do... All of the clinicians, including myself, would have a message saying, you know, I will try to, I will review your message as possible, definitely within 24 hours, but likely much sooner than that. Um, however, this is an emergency, you know, follow the emergency. Um, that's good and bad. I have, I have some thoughts about that. Um, texting is helpful 
when someone isn't comfortable having a conversation, maybe face-to-face or over the phone. But I don't know how, I don't, again, I'll try to choose my words carefully. I don't know how beneficial it is to be able to text your therapist all day, every day. Even if, even if you know they may not respond right away because they have that, you know, so many hour grace period. Nobody on this planet is accessible 24 hours a day. And I don't think it's beneficial to anyone to expect someone to be accessible 24 hours a day. That goes for your friends, your family, um, the person you live with. We all got to sleep. We all have to eat. Um, And especially for your clinician. Um, So I'm not sure how helpful it is to have the option just texting. So I would say if you're going to choose one of those online platforms, schedule a session. Don't just send messages. Schedule a session. Phone chat, video chat. Um, or a live chat where you're where you're typing, but but that is an option because that is a big fear for someone. I mean, I've scheduled sessions with people before who didn't want to drive their own vehicle to my office because of the small town they didn't want anybody to see vehicle outside of a therapy office and know like so that is a fear for some people. So if that's if that's your comfort level, go the online route, try it out. And and the one I used, I'm not gonna say any names, but the one that I used, if the client didn't like the therapist for whatever reason. It's as simple as clicking a button and saying, I want to change therapist. And and the, the therapist gets a message saying, so-and-so is no longer working with you. I can't, I can't reach out to that person. I can't say, hey, what happens? Um, it's as simple as that. It, it, that notifies the company that you want to switch therapist and they immediately sign you, assign you to a new one. So do you feel like one is better than the other as far as the experience that you get? Or do you feel like uh, that either one of either doing it you know in person with a with a therapist or doing it online is is just one's just as good as the other um i yeah i think it definitely it goes for your comfort level i don't love phone sessions i would never do a phone session um, why is that because i can't see you i can't see your mannerisms it's hard for me to tell like the tone of your voice if you're truly okay because it all goes back to safety um safety first i want to make sure that you are okay because mental health can be risky if someone is an established client, and actually a lot of, it depends on your payer source, a lot of insurance won't pay for for, for phone stuff. It has to be either face-to-face or virtual, where, I, where I'm seeing you, you're seeing me. But if you're paying out of pocket and your therapist is comfortable with it, um, that's fine. But I And I may do that, like if I had an established client that I've seen every week for a month or two, and they say, hey, my video's not working, can we do a phone session? Okay, that that's fine. Because I, I have a rapport with you. I, I know you. Um Outside of doing that free consultation before we ever get started, once you sign those papers saying I, you are my client, once I sign papers, everybody should have you sign like a, like a consent form. You're consenting for treatment. That doesn't mean you're in a contract. That's just saying you were consenting to me treating you. Um, but so once you've signed that paper, I, I wouldn't do, once you're actually my client, I wouldn't, or I, I wouldn't. So what you're saying is that you don't want to do a phone session because what? Because of safety. Because you can't therapize. <laughs> therapize is not a word. It is. Says it in the insurance. Says, I can. Will not pay for a phone session because the therapist cannot therapize the That is not what it says. I, without I can, being able to see them. No, that's that's not what it says. I've got not, it right here. That is it's not written what, right that here. That is not what it says. You just wrote that. It's written right here. <laughs> It's not what that says. Insurance clause right here. I'm just saying if something were to happen, and as a clinician, every clinician should consider this because it's a reality. Um, If something horrific, horrible were to happen to one of your clients or that your client made something happen to someone else, it doesn't look good that you say, well, I talked to them that day, but I couldn't see them and tell you what they looked like. Because when I submit notes to receive payment for it, I have to say, did you know where you were? Did you know what time it was? Did you know who you were? Did you appear sad? Did you appear happy? I have to literally check boxes saying what you looked like. And if you looked okay to me, 
did you admit that you were thinking about hurting yourself? That you had to hurt someone else. So it doesn't look good if something happens bad. If a therapist says, well, I talked to them, but I can't take, I can't. So since you mentioned uh, insurance, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about that real quick. How do you pay for it? How much does it cost? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it expensive? Um, are there different options that, that are, are not expensive? Are there mm-hmm. options that are free? Um, does most insurance cover therapy? Does, uh, how does that work? I, I, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, finances are probably mm-hmm. the number one concern of, you know, most people when it comes to seeking any sort of, uh, you know, outside yeah. assistance or, yeah, I don't so, want to necessarily say medical, cause, you right. know, but, you um, know So let's mean. talk about, like, actual cost. What does it cost? For our area where we live in South Georgia, we're not, it's, it's suburban, but it's not metro. We're not, we're not in Atlanta. We're not in New York, Los Angeles. We're, we're in a suburban area. Um, the cost of a therapy session, what the, what the, what the therapist is asking to receive it, for a first session is going to be between 150 and if they're just doing therapy. Now, if you're going to someone and you're wanting assessments done, this would be more of like a psychologist or psychiatrist. If you're wanting assessments done, evaluations, it can get on up in the several hundred dollars. That's the cost. But as far as just run, not run of the mill, as far as a clinician goes, you're going to a therapist for therapy services. You can expect that cost to be between 150 and two. After that initial session, they're usually 70 to 100 where we live. Obviously, that would ebb and flow depending on what area the person was. So, that's the cost. How do you pay for it? You can pay out of pocket. If, you ha- if you're able to do that, you can pay out of pocket. Or maybe you have insurance, but you don't want to bill your insurance. Maybe you don't want to do whatever with your insurance. You don't want them knowing. Whatever. You can pay out of pocket. If you choose to use your insurance, I don't know of a single insurance coverage on the planet that doesn't offer some form of mental health treatment. They may limit how many sessions you can have in a year. But they're not going to, they're going to at least cover it. So when I was in private practice, I would have to submit what's called an authorization form where I do like a brief, um, they all will pay for an initial session. Maybe not all of it. You may have a copay, but they're going to pay for an initial session. After that initial session, I would send a very brief document of a diagnosis because if we're doing insurance, we got to use a diagnosis. They want to know what they're paying for. Um, you got to send a diagnosis and about how long you initially expect to work with someone. And then the insurance will say, okay, we'll pay for five sessions. We'll pay for 15 sessions. We'll pay for 30 sessions. Um, and it goes like that. Again, you may have a copay, but your insurance will cover so many sessions. So even with, uh, with couples therapy, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, how does that work? Being it's, it's two different people. It is. If you're going to use insurance, you would have to have what's called an identified client, which would basically be who made the, I'm going to treat you as a couple, but as far as your insurance goes, whose insurance are we putting? And you're the client, the other person's coming to therapy with you. So your insurance is still going to pay for relationship yes. therapy. Yeah. The therapist, the insurance doesn't know, and this isn't, I mean, it's not fraudulent. I don't want to make it seem like we're being sneaky. The insurance doesn't know what we're talking about in therapy. They don't know who's there with you. They just know that I'm, I'm providing you with a service and they're going to pay for it. Okay. So that's insurance. There's also, um, let's say you don't have insurance, but you also don't have any money. There are agencies that do sliding scales where, I mean, you could pay nothing. You could pay $10. You could, you know, it, it, it there are so many options for therapy. It's just, it, 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 you have to do your research sometimes. If, if you're a little bit short on funds, you have to do some more research, but it's it's there. It's available. Are there any other options out there as far as, you know, seeking any kind of therapy or um, as far as we've talked about the traditional going, mm-hmm. you know, to an office and, and talking to someone? Uh, we've talked about 
doing the online or telehealth thing. Mm-hmm. We've talked about self-pay and insurance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What are some other options that are out there as far as mm-hmm. we're in a situation where I don't have insurance, I don't have money, even... even I, I talked to somebody about a sliding scale, mm-hmm. and even with they their sliding, bucks. yeah, <laughs> I don't have seventy dollars. Like what? Mm-hmm. But but I my, you got to do something. I got to do something. Yeah. Um. So if you live near a university or a community distance to a university, if that university has some kind of mental health program, psychology, counseling, marriage, family therapy, social work, they will more than likely have a clinic on campus where people can go for free. Um, now, disclosure, you will be seen by a student. However, that doesn't mean that you're seeing somebody who just graduated high school and they're going to give you therapy. You're seeing someone who has passed lots of tests saying that they are qualified to start doing therapy with, and they are always supervised, I'm sorry, supervised by a licensed clinician who probably is also a PhD. So I absolutely recommend it. I had to do it as a, as a student I, because that's how you learn to do therapy. You, it's think of it as a resident, like a doctor. It's, it, they're a resident. They are allowed to practice. Are they a full doctor yet? Well, I guess we're as doctors. But think of it as, as like, I guess, like, like a doctor intern. They're allowed to practice under someone else's. And they have to pass lots of tests that say that they first will do no harm. They're not going to hurt you. by you. And I don't mean physically. I mean emotionally, mentally. They, it's not going to hurt you to see them for therapy. So basically the only downside to that would be that you're not talking to a, a seasoned mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's you're true. You're not yeah. talking mm-hmm. to somebody that... That's um, been doing it for years. You're talking right. to somebody who's been doing it six months to a year. You're basically going to get, you know, you're, you're not going to, you're not at all going to get lesser services. Right. You're just, you're not. Maybe less experience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're going to get lesser experience services. So it depends. Still... Yeah. Like if you're in a high crisis situation, I would say go to someone's seat. Um, if you just need someone to talk to, you just feel like you're struggling, try it out. Um, and a lot of people have, have some, have some discomfort about seeing a student, but they treat their professionals. They're, like I said, they're being supervised. They've taken lots of classes. They've taken and passed lots of tests. You know, they're just, they're just not a seasoned, like you said. But no one is. We have to, you can't become seasoned if you never, if you never try it, if you never get started. Can't get but that is an option. Can't get experience if you never get a job. Exactly. Can't get a job of experience. <laughs> that is also, maybe not so much today, since everyone's hiring, but that has, been, <laughs> that has been a problem. But yeah, if you're short on cash, but you just, you know, I gotta do something. I gotta talk to somebody. Go try it out. If you live near a university that has some sort of counseling program, I guarantee, because their students have to, you have to earn so many hours that we say of actually treating people. Universities have those clinics on campus so that the students can get their hours of treating people. I had to have... 1500 hours before I graduate, which meant that before I was allowed to be given a diploma, I had to see someone for therapy for 15 hours. And by the time... Wait, I'm sorry, 1500 hours. Sorry. 1500 hours. <laughs> and by the, t- by the time you get to that point, you've pretty much finished the... Yeah. Like, more or less, you've finished mm-hmm. your, your classroom work yeah. and your... Think of it as a teacher. Like, you've done your... You've done, like, your, your pre-teaching where you've gone and observed. You've tipped out a couple days a week. That last semester... Which is a year. In my case, it was the last year. I may take one or two classes, but the majority of my time is spent as a therapist. I do want to point out, um, like I made the comment, I had a thought in my head. I made the comment of, you know, just, I got to talk to someone. So why should you go to a therapist as opposed to talking to a friend? Which I feel like you have asked me before. Of I feel like you've asked me, like, why won't I just talk to one of my friends? Um, a friend will give you advice. A therapist won't give you advice, which is like, well, what was the therapy? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought the whole point of going to therapy <laughs> was so that somebody can tell you what you're doing wrong and right. how to fix but it. But that goes back to the whole the therapist being a guide. Um, I'm never going to tell you what you should or should not do. I'm going to tell you what I've seen help. 
I'm going to help you explore ways that you've already done that have worked in the past. And we're going to guide each other. I'm going to guide you to being happier. So where let's say, um, let's say someone is, is an individual um, because that, 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 that'd be more realistic. Let's say an individual is struggling with their relationship. It's, it's their, with their partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, their partner. Um, a friend's going to tell you what to do. Hey, you know, call them, ask them, call them out on it, see what's going on. Um, a therapist is going to say, well, have you talked? Go spray paint that new car. Right. <laughs> let's, let's go mess it up. <laughs> a therapist is going to say, have you talked about this with your partner? What was their response? If you haven't, why not? What's held you back from it? What do you think they're thinking about it? As what, a friend, I don't care what he said. Exactly. As, as a, Because the friend, which as they should, is going to have your best interest in mind. I'm also going to have your best interest in mind, but I'm also going to keep you. So I'm going to say, you know, if you haven't talked to, to your partner, why not? What do you think he would say if he were here? You know, we're going to explore this together and I'm going to help you talk to your your spouse about or your, your partner. I'm going to help. I'm going to help you decide to talk to them or decide that it's not worth it. I think that that's a really common misconception is mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that a lot of therapists or a lot of people make the assumption that a therapist is this expert on life that is that you go to in order to tell you what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong and how to fix things. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the case at no. all. Like, you know, no, there's been times I've wanted to, like I've seen, <laughs> I've seen clients where, um, as an individual, not as well, yeah, I've even seen couples, um, where I've been one of like, girl, if you don't get out of this relationship with this, with this you know, bag of trash, like if you don't, but that's not what I say to them because that's not my choice to make. Um, I can't tell that person what's going to make them happier. What I can say is, well, here's what you said to me. Here's the reactions you've told me you've had. Here's the efforts I've seen you try to make. Here's the efforts I've seen them try to make. And here's been, that. what do you feel like? It's- and I'm not being, I'm not being rhetorical or facetious. I'm saying like, what, what else could, what else do you think? What are your thoughts? Given what we know. What are your thoughts about it? Actually, and they're not. And I called it because she, that that goes the same thing. She was invested. He he had checked out. He um I could see it. She probably knew it too. Um, but yeah, I and, and I, I never I never want to see somebody's relationship. Never. It, it literally hurts my heart when I see somebody's relationship. Sometimes people just need the encouragement to go get their CDs out their car. They might. They absolutely <laughs> might. Um, get, even if go get your toothbrush, boo boo, right? <laughs> or just just write it off, get a new one. <laughs> if you really want that CD, if it's like collector's edition, go get it. The, the younger kids have no idea what we're talking about with, with CDs. <laughs> um, go get your stuff. Basically, make sure you wear all your clothes home the next time you leave. Um, but. I, um, it makes me sad when I see relationships end. I don't, I don't like it. Now, as a friend, I've had friends whose relationships have ended and I've, I've known and told my friends this, I think you'll be happier now because I've seen how you have been so unhappy. Um, but it still makes me sad when I see, because I, I don't want to see him happy. I want people to work things out. I want, I, I want people to be happy. I'm a therapist. I believe in being happy. Um, well, I think that we've all been in that position and, mm-hmm. and I think that that's one thing that just about anybody can you know, find some empathy for is, mm-hmm. is, you know, the the horrible emotional situation that somebody is, mm-hmm. finds themselves in when their relationship ends. You mm-hmm. know, you've got, you invest so much time and effort and heart and, mm-hmm. you know, love in into mm-hmm. someone. And when it's all over with, you're just, you're left broken and empty and you got to start over. And, yeah, and that's I, scary. I think that it's, uh, especially it, at our age. I mean, we're, I mean, we're, we're in our, our mid thirties. Um, if, I mean, you'd have to die because I wouldn't. I'm not leaving you. <laughs> but let's say we weren't together and you're literally starting over. Like, you know, 
building a because we built a life together. We have bills together. We, we share things. You know, yeah. we we truly would be starting over, and that that's terrifying. It is. It is, and I I think that that's why a lot of really really bad relationships continue to function is because it's it it becomes normal. It becomes what yeah. you know, and it's a lot easier to continue to participate in something that you're familiar with, yeah. as opposed to mm-hmm. the, the, the terror mm-hmm. of of being alone and and not you know not being with someone. I, I think that as as horrible as it sounds, let's just use the example of somebody that's that's in a, a an abusive relationship yeah. where you're not happy, you're mm-hmm. absolutely miserable, but it's easier to stay in what you know than it is to venture into what is life going to be like when I'm when I don't have this person there because there's it's really easy for somebody on the outside to say you need to you need to get out of that situation yeah. you need to walk away from that so what are you doing um but what they don't realize is is that there's so many other aspects to it as, oh, yeah. as far as um how your bills are paid yeah you know I, I, having a roof over your head if you have children um, that adds a whole other component absolutely to it. um our, and, in our case we have a child but we also have a dog that we would fight to the death over if something happened to oh, us. For sure. <laughs> we could split our child easily. We know we know who we would we would I mean, we would share custody of her, but our dogs, like we would <laughs> it would come to blows over that. Because <laughs> I maintain that it's my dog. Kyle thinks Kyle thinks the dog would choose him, but it's my dog. He absolutely would choose me. <laughs> anyway, regardless. <laughs> um, I did want to point out two things you uh, two things you said. One, um, if you were in an abusive phys- in any kind of abusive relationship, um, once you have disclosed that to your therapist, that therapist should no longer provide couples counseling. That therapist can continue with you and maybe even your partner, but you, it is what we call contraindicated, which means it's bad. It does not help to do couples counseling if it is a domestically violent Um, because what? the partner who is being abused either is going to share something that gets them the crap beat out of them when they get home. Or they're not going to share anything and therapy's not going to work because they're not sharing. What do you define as, as an abuse? I feel like that's a whole other topic we, we really should go into at some point. Like, what, what does abuse look like? Because it's not always, like, there's this whole hashtag movement of, like, maybe, and I hate to put he, but historically speaking, perpetrators of abuse typically are male. Um, at, at least in a male-female relationship, the perpetrator is often male. Um, so there's a hashtag as of maybe he doesn't hit you, but. So it doesn't have to be physical. It can be so many different aspects. But... As a, as a therapist, like, just purely, you know, because we will, we absolutely uh, will explore mm-hmm. uh, abusive relationships, and um, that will, that ab- that definitely will be an episode all in itself, mm-hmm. uh, but just just for the sake of, of going off of the statement that you just made, mm-hmm. as a therapist, mm-hmm. uh, what would you, where's the line of mm-hmm. you of you deciding that this is a, an abusive relationship and, and we don't need to continue service. It's not that we wouldn't continue services. We wouldn't do services together. We would no longer do couples counseling. I would see you individually or refer you something, but you should not do couples counseling when abuse is. Um, so where's that line? I think if someone feels afraid, if you feel afraid of what to say, not because of a fight. I mean, nobody wants to, I don't guess anybody wants to fight, but if you literally are in fear of saying something, or just in fear in general of your partner. That's absolutely a fear, as mm-hmm. in fear of of physical harm, or or fear because you think that when we leave here and we go get in the car, uh, your partner is going to tell you that what you said was stupid. Um, I would probably. 
probably let the client decide that. In my head, I'm thinking fear of physical harm or distress. Not even harm. Physical harm, distress. Um, someone in your face screaming at you. That's abuse. Um, that that's and that can be fearful. That can be scary. So if if the person is afraid, then that's I would consider that abuse. If the person has had their autonomy taken away, that's abuse. You know, if someone has to rely on their partner to drive to to for money, if they have to rely on their partner to survive, that's abuse. Outside of you know. Uh, Outside of my any, home any, where I'm not allowed to drive or anything. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, outside of any kind of, like, ailment that would right. yeah, 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 yeah. If, from, yeah, yeah, outside of, yeah, or of a mutually you know, agreed if, if upon. You're, if you're a, yeah. a perfectly capable human being that yeah. wants to be that, that is Yeah, that is independent, and, that doesn't have any kind of power of attorney over you or, or that kind of right, thing. Right, Yeah, if, if, you're in, if you're in fear or if the person has taken away your autonomy. Which, fun fact, I don't know if you guys know this, if you're thinking of leaving your spouse, if you leave your spouse and clean out all of your joint bank accounts, that's considered abuse because you have left that person desolate. You better leave a dollar in there because that that's that is considered abuse. I really don't know what the dollar amount is, uh, but we truly, would like that to is. Also, make a disclaimer that we are in no way uh, lawyers, we are attorneys, not. or interpreters of the law. But you so. better leave some money in that account. Don't clean it out because I've seen it happen. Not not with me, but plus, luckily, not with me professionally, and not with me personally because we've never been we've never been divorced. This is both our first marriage, hopefully only marriage. Um, but I have seen that happen where the other spouse filed charges of us because they left them. Well, they called desolate. Yeah. So Sounds don't, like a, don't go, go get your stuff, go get all your sweatshirts, but don't take all the money away. Sounds like, shared a, accounts. sounds like a potential other episode. Might have to get us it a, might, a, might a, be. a, get divorce, a lawyer in. A yeah, get a attorney. divorce lawyer yeah. in and, and uh, see, you know, explore some stuff like that. Yeah. But you also said something else. I, I got, I got sidetracked. You also said, you know, um, the fear, the fear of leaving, um, of starting over. Let's say it's not abusive, but you just have a fear of starting over. Yes. You're fighting constantly. You're not in love anymore, but you're scared to start over. Go to therapy by yourself. Go to therapy. Help get that confidence to know that you can do this self. Yeah. So go it. Go with your partner. Go by yourself. Go go to therapy then and talk about it. So basically, if if you feel like you and your partner both need to go to therapy, mm-hmm. and you approach your partner with the idea, and your partner says, you know, I'm I'm not going to do that. That mm-hmm. sounds dumb. I, I'm not going to go talk to somebody else about my problems. Yes, very very um, common statement. Then. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is, you know, you absolutely should seek it out on your own. Absolutely. And, uh, I feel talk, like everybody, anybody that, should go to therapy for any reason. You know, that's probably something that, that you could definitely talk to your therapist about. Absolutely. It's okay to say, and, and I've even, I've, I mean, obviously I won't give you identifying information about this client, but I've had a client say to me, I know it's over. I just don't know how to leave. And that was what we worked on. That wasn't me telling the person to leave. That was the person saying, I know it's over. I know I want out. I don't know how to make it happen. And that was what we worked on. How do we make it happen? What would that look like? What we need to do? It's not me telling them what to do. I'm not saying, well, first of all, make sure you have this. Make sure you, I don't do any of that. We talk about what do they need to do? What do they feel like they need to do? I guide them through that process for them to feel like they are ready to. So I know that we didn't mean to go down this rabbit hole of negativity. <laughs> uh, but I, that just goes hand in hand with relationships. There's relationships of all different kinds out there. There's good and bad and fantastic and weird and everything that there is but that's what makes this a such a great a great topic for a podcast is there's so much to explore mm-hmm. and uh so many different places the to go and and i hope that uh over the the coming time that the this is out there we're we're gonna get there we're gonna try mm-hmm. to 
get into those nooks and crannies and, mm-hmm. and uh, find some of the obscure and some of the normal, uh, quote unquote. I uh, realize you can't see me doing air quotes. But, yeah, he's doing air quotes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're excited about it and, and we can't wait to, to get some folks in here and, and uh, you know, let them talk about their life. And, and uh, I hope that some of that stuff is, is going to be really interesting. Some of it you know, we might have some, some hilarious times, some sad times, and <laughs> some times where you were like, it's happy, man, I crying. think I saw this on Jerry Springer one time. <laughs> uh, but but all in all, uh, we're excited about it. And you got anything else? No, like we are we are super excited. We have a, we have a lot of things, um, a lot of things planned that we're, we're really excited about. Um, some guests coming on that we haven't, you know, coerced yet into joining us but we plan on asking soon <laughs> to come on <laughs> so like if you have questions if you have comments um if you thought we sucked keep your comments to yourself because it hurts my feelings and it takes zero dollars to be kind um but if you want to reach out you can find us on instagram at don't therapize me it's spelled like it sounds <laughs> good luck finding us <laughs> we are kyle and Lindsay. um Right now, that's the only way to contact us, but we will, as this ventures out, I'm sure we will develop more ways of contacting us. Um, sure. Yeah, send us a, a DM, sliding our DMs, as they say. Um, yeah, we're excited. We're ready for this this adventure. As of right now, we're distributing this on uh, Anchor.fm, uh, which does provide a service where you guys can call in and, and uh, leave us a message and ask questions uh, if you would rather, you know, if you want to do it that way. Uh, if you would like to remain an, uh, anonymous, when it asks for your name, I encourage you to put in something hilarious. Yeah. Um, or it, tell us if you don't want to say, like, if you're like, hey, my name's Ashley, but please don't say my name on the podcast, then just say that in your That's true. Or just leave a hilarious name, like I said before. <laughs> like Lickin' McCracken. Yes. That's always my go-to when I have to make him something. <laughs> because I'm 10. <laughs> <laughs> Um, otherwise, uh, we definitely would never say your first name and last name. We would just say your first name so that you mm-hmm. know who we're talking about and you can get excited that we're talking about you. Yeah, shout uh, out. But we absolutely, positively encourage you guys to reach out to us any way that you can. Mm-hmm. Call us on anchor.fm. Uh, send us a message on Instagram. Ask questions. If you've got a question about anything, guys. Topic uh, suggestion. Topic suggestions, absolutely. We're interested. We're interested in knowing, you know, we've got an idea of of what there is out there as far as mm-hmm. re- relationships go. Uh, I mean, we've we've seen TLC. We we oh, I love it. You know, we're aware <laughs> of the people that are married to amusement park equipment, and uh, <laughs> that's who I, I would love to get on here. Uh, <laughs> or, the, or the guy with his car who literally has relations with his car the, as much as you can have a relations relations with your vehicle. Um, that's who I want on here. I feel like that wouldn't be a very good episode because I would be uh, quiet (laughs) the whole time because I feel like as soon as I open my mouth, I would, my question would be, what in the hell is your problem? But see, you as a, as a mechanic, like, I'm curious how that would, like someone that is, is literally has romantic feelings for their vehicle. And like, Kyle's not a car mechanic. I mean, I'm not going to say a mechanic's a mechanic. Kyle is, is, he's a heavy machine operator, or machine, which is different than a vehicle, but you know about vehicle stuff. I mean, stuff all the time when I've destroyed it. I feel like it would cause a permanent wrinkle 
<laughs> an additional permanent wrinkle in my forehead <laughs> is what I feel like. That well, maybe not that cost. guy, but guy, if you're out there, we're open to it. I, 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 I'm here for it. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to talk about your your relationship with with Honda the Honda. I absolutely am not going to judge you for any sort of relationship that you have with another human being. But, that's fair. Uh, that's that's you know, a fair statement. When we start talking about inanimate objects and uh, other things, it, yeah, you're, yeah, I, I might slide a might slide a little judgment your way. <laughs> uh, but that being said, guys, like we said, hit us up on Instagram. Uh, hit us up on Anchor.fm. Leave us a message. Ask us ask us questions. Uh, we'll do our best to get to as many as we possibly can. Uh, we seriously appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, you have no idea how much we appreciate it. We hope that this thing takes off and, and goes some really amazing places and, and we're able to bring you guys, uh, much better information and, and have a lot of fun. I'm sure that this first episode wasn't the best that there ever is, but I hope that it absolutely answered some questions that you guys probably had uh, as far as uh, you know seeking out therapy and, and working on your relationships and as we move forward and, and start talking about some some really cool stuff and and some uh, some funny stuff you know we'll uh, we'll all learn some stuff together and uh, you know we appreciate it guys yeah let's learn some stuff bye, bye.